Greetings, heroes and Force users of all ages, and welcome back to Inside the Tantane podcast in the multiverse of fandom. As always, I am Dino DeCandros, and I am joined today by my very good friend, Daniel Dawson. Hello there. And our dear friend, Alyssa Simmons, continues uh, her her quest for uh, Disney and Knott's Berry Farm supremacy. Uh, and she will be joining us at some point during our... Uh, Exploration into the new Disney Plus show from Lucasfilm, Ahsoka. And there was a two-episode premiere on Tuesday, uh, which was a delight to us all in a new primetime time slot, which was even better. Uh, So what we have for you today is part one, Master and Apprentice, uh, directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni, and part two, Toil and Trouble, directed by Steph Green, written by Dave Filoni. And by God, we're Star Wars fans. And who you are or where you came from. I am Iron. Uh, I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. It smells like a new corn here. Inside the Atonton, this is our opening song. Alyssa, Tangentino, talking nerd stuff, come along. Inside the Tonton podcast, please like and subscribe. there, Daniel. Hello. Dina McAndros. Wow, we are definitely Star Wars fans. I am a Star Wars fan. This, uh, I'm so happy that we're back in a Star Wars land. <laughs> I'm so happy we're back in a Star Wars land, and I'm I'm so happy it's this. Yeah, me and too. This is one I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time. I think, I think we, in our group text thread with Alyssa, had expressed some, some uh, not trepidation, but, um, just nervousness because it's, it's cautiousness. So much hype. Yeah. Yes. Because we've been we've been waiting for it for a long time. We all like have have like, you know, raised Dave Filoni to this very the highest of pedestals because we right. said we love you, thank you for all that you've done for Star Wars, and we're like, and this is his baby, like his literal yeah. baby, Ahsoka, um, that he treats with the highest regard. He has placed Ahsoka on the highest of pedestals as well. So like so much, you know, emotion and um, you know, is right. has been riding on this being a success. So so we're all crossing our fingers so hard. Um, but yeah, so far, what do you think? Has it delivered in the first two episodes? Well, has uh, it tantalized your taste buds. I'll, I'll quote or uh, at least paraphrase what I I said to you and Alyssa when I was watching it. Yeah, through the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh. Th- this is as Star Wars as Star Wars gets. Yeah, I yeah. think I, I I was fully Star Wars out after the two, in the best way after the first two episodes. Yeah, and, uh, there was there was there was uh we we got a lot of the 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 wonderful Star Wars poetry like yeah. um you know with things being rhymed, <laughs> yes, so to speak. Um, you know, we got, uh, but also a lot of new depth that, or the, with the promise of new depth, I think, you know, like, um, uh, new things to come, which is, which is very, very exciting and needed, I think for Star Wars. I, I think so. I think you hit the nail right on the head. It was, uh, 
Star Wars as we've the, the the best of Star Wars as we've come to know it, and then uh, some really new and exciting aesthetic choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the we're just speaking broadly right now, but I think the the acting generally. Which broad is, are we talking about? Which broad? The one with the the one with the two uh, head tails. Yeah, yeah, that that broad. That broad. Well, all the broads. Talk about a show. So about many broads. broads. With, all, with all due respect. To, uh, to broads, but I uh, respect it. I, 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 I we've, you've got three absolute dynamite uh, women leading this. Uh, Hell yes, this show, and uh, and they are all so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and think about you know maybe it's a good place to start the discussion. Think about uh, the pressure on all three of them. I mean oh uh, Rosario Dawson in particular, but especially uh, her. Yes, but the pressure to to bring characters that have become animation icons for for uh, maybe a younger Star Wars generation. Near and dear, you know? I mean, especially when it's, like, super near and dear to, like, the director is literally the creator, and, like, this is so And the heir apparent to George Lucas. Yeah, totally. And that has never been more apparent than I think it is right now, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, coming Uh, out of that, I I, I don't know what her psychology is like. I I would be curious to, to know, like... What kind of meditations she does every single right. day to like make sure she's like not freaking the f out. Um, right, and 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 for her to to pick up the, uh, the mantle from Ashley Eckstein, who mm-hmm. uh, had is has become an iconic voice in the Star Wars universe, literally iconic, yeah. Uh, but then for Natasha Lee Bordizzo, uh, who plays Sabine Wren, mm-hmm. uh, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, who plays Hera Syndulla, uh, they've become iconic mainstays in 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 the star wars universe and to have the pressure of bringing them to live action for the first time is certainly significant but also keeping the characters within the spirit of Mm -hmm. of the animated series but also bringing your own sensibility to it i mean you're you're walking a a tightrope there i think especially with a fan base as volatile as the star wars one can be well, um, yeah, and 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 showing that these characters have grown, you know, that they're they're the right. same people, but they've that they've they've had, you know, new experiences, you know, I I um and that they're just you know older and more, you know, wise or whatever you want to say. Um, right. Yeah, it's uh it's cool. It's really cool. Um, I uh so far I'm pretty thrilled, and I I I um. <laughs> I, I I don't want to celebrate. I I no. I think it's fine to celebrate now. I'm I'm happy that we're back in Star Wars, and this is like such a relief <laughs> that things yes. are going as well as they are so far. I think the Rotten Tomato score is shot up to like over ninety percent now. I can't remember where, but um, uh, yeah. And and we haven't even gotten Thrawn, and we haven't even gotten Anakin yet. You know what I mean? Like two super heavy hitters. Um, and which I'm sure I'm like f- certain that those episodes are going to like hit so hard, especially the well, Anakin episode. The second that he fucking says the word snips, I'm going to literally lose. My yeah, shit. no, that, that's much anticipated. And then and then, as you mentioned, uh, introducing Thrawn into live action. Uh, I think what I've enjoyed thus far, mm-hmm. again, in a very broad sense, is uh the sense of mystery, even though we yeah. we have a pretty good sense, I think, of 
of kind of what the end game of this series in particular is. It's it's to to discover the location of Thrawn and and by extension Ezra. But I I almost there... wonder if that's going to happen like. Like, do you think that that's going to be the, the, the end? Yeah, you think I think gonna it's be... going to be very near the end, yeah. Oh, man, I want it to happen now. But yeah, you're probably right. Because I mean, the... the... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say the the fact that we did get a tease of Thrawn's face in the trailers. You know how trailers are. Yeah. They tend to be, like, the first couple of episodes. So it kind of made me, like, like hope that maybe we saw him earlier. But maybe, maybe we'll see him wherever he's at but maybe our you know main characters won't have found him yet or something i don't could know could be yeah uh but we uh, i think we also have to remember that ahsoka is kind of based on what they've told us mm-hmm. in recent months about lucasfilm's plans going forward ahsoka right. feels like the opening salvo of of the the heir to the empire thrawn adaptation in in Bang. in kind of this uh I don't want to put it all under the the Mandalorian banner, but that that's kind well, of the time period we're in, and this is yeah. this is running parallel, uh, if not slightly after um, Mandalorian season three. So just thinking about it in that sense, this is kind of a interwoven story that we've hinted at quite a bit as you, Alyssa, and I have talked. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, her story is now very ah- ah- Ahsoka's story is very intertwined within Mandalorians. Um, and Grogu's, um, but uh, but I, I I just appreciate the return of mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, you know, what what we do know, you know, through the sequel trilogy, where everything ultimately ends up. But we have this giant thirty year period to play with. Yeah, and uh, I it's love a pretty that large playground. Yeah, yeah, and I love that they started this series with the with the with an opening crawl and yes specifically to a uh it's notable that it's a red uh yes title and a crawl because in in uh if you are a fan of the cartoons um specifically clone wars in particular like anytime we ever saw a dave filoni cartoon that had that started with their red yeah i mean siege of mandalore was yeah, it's like you know it that this is going to be this is going to be a special. Like, sit down. This is going to be a special one. You yes, know what I mean? this is appointment television. And... <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And it, it, I think it, the the crawl in and of itself really set the the stage for uh, for you know what we can kind of expect. And I think what this series mm-hmm. has already, in a very short amount of time, has already done better uh, than Mandalorian did, and not to compare the two, but uh, kind of established the 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 new republic and how tenuous its grip on power is and yeah we're we're still you you see the rot inside the in the bureaucracy already yes and it's i so far like in pretty much all the shows that we've seen so far they've been doing a pretty good job in threading that needle as to like how in the world could the empire have come back after their grand defeat, you yeah. know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, like, like, this doesn't seem possible. But now it's it's becoming f- pretty obvious now, like how it easily yeah. they could have come back because, yeah, I mean, like, you, when you really, really like put put it all down on paper and you look at it, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, why, why couldn't, why shouldn't, you know, I, it, it's it seemed like it was fairly easy for them to come back almost. 
Yeah, well, there's a complacency that sets in after mm-hmm. after a big a big victory like the rebellion scored, and then they you know transformed into the new republic. But you and know what? Using it really reminded all of the empire workers to rebuild the exactly. You know, like, and this was going to be doing? my point. I, I've been watching like once a year. I go into like my World War II rabbit hole where I watch like every documentary on the internet, and <laughs> I've been doing that over the last month just coincidentally. And I was watching an episode. Really, really, a couple of days before uh, the premiere of Ahsoka, and it was about uh, post-war Germany and and the process of denazification, mm. and mm. how uh, during denazification the Allies used members of the German military to help rebuild uh, you know, civilian infrastructure, and then more famously used German rocket scientists in the U.S. space program. And oh, interesting. And uh, which, if you haven't seen Oppenheimer, oh, go yes. see that. That tells the story of, of that pretty yeah. well. Um, but that's it, I think that's what they're pulling from. And Star Wars has does that a lot with, if it's not pulling from Japanese cinema, it's pulling from World War II. And I think it's, For sure. it's this uh, idea of the New Republic employing all of these ex-imperials. And of course, some of them, uh, if not all of them, have their old ideologies and they're just waiting for somebody to kind of you know light the light the fuse and right uh but all of that happening in the background of this story with ahsoka it, it just when when you take the time even just a little bit of time to to set the stage like that it just paints everything in a much more vivid color and yeah and and believable too and and can we take a moment well let's take more than a moment but uh <laughs> My God, this is the best looking show thus far. It looks great, and it and looks... and or and or still is up there. But oh, I mean, definitely. my my I, God, I this still, is a I movie. I still always prefer to see like you know actual sets and locations yes. and stuff. Um, you know, like Andor provided in a lot of the scenes, but but this in particular looked extremely extremely good and it, it's like oh oh okay i'm seeing where some of that like most of the disney money is going right now or if not at least the star wars money is going yeah um, i mean it it, it it is fully cinematic and they did mm-hmm. they did use the volume for for chunks of shooting on this yeah um, you can tell like especially but, like uh, the scenes where like um the the temple scene at the beginning with Ahsoka, yeah. like that was yeah, pretty yeah. clearly the yeah it, there there was a few things that but it's got but it's even gotten better like it's gotten yeah. it's gotten so much better and but just the shots of like the New Republic fleet or mm-hmm. or where Hera is chasing after the uh, the ship hauling the hyperdrive that yeah. that whole Ooh, sequence cool. I was like it's un unbelievable it looks as good as anything we've seen on the big screen and um somewhat realistic yeah yeah you're, you're oh yeah getting, it just like the the um they're paying more attention to like physics i think maybe because like, yes <laughs> the physics of their movements like feel more realistic and maybe it's also the the way that the the way that the, um they've the or the way that they've directed the camera um uh, the camera. I should put that in quotation marks because it's like mostly CGI in that point. But, yeah, no, but it's... but the way it's directed to sort of move about that makes it look more like oh, we're just like this this like random cameraman is sort of like caught it and it's like a little shaky and you know and trying to. I, I, it looks. It just makes gives it that more realistic quality. Well, the, the action is is 
easy to follow, yes. which I think is has always been the case in Star Wars until kind of recently, where mm. we've kind of gotten into this gritty. Mandalorian does it a lot. The shaky cam. Yes. Yes. Where it's just kind of disorienting, and yeah, it, it yeah. works at times. Yeah. Um, but uh, I loved just being able to witness mm-hmm. everything, be it the lightsaber duels, which were very well choreographed. Yeah, cool looking stuff. Uh, and, and just even just the limited kind of ship to ship battle we've seen. I, it, it just. <laughs> it feels kind of like uh, I always am kind of impressed, like when they can show us something new. Um, yes. When it comes to like lightsaber battles, because I, I feel like there's only so much you can do with like swordplay. Oh sure. You know. Sure. Um, but yeah, there 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 there's some really nifty, beautiful, dancey moves that are happening. I really enjoyed the, um, and I think that it made its way into the trailer too. But um, the moment where um, uh, Ahsoka, like, I think it's isn't it an HK droid? Is that what they are? The, yeah. the assassin yeah, yeah. droids? Yeah. yeah. He uh-huh. like grabs one of them and like. Like you know, uses it as shield and then like slices it in half. Like as she's yeah. like fighting, I was, it, it was very dope looking. Like I was like, yes, 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 yes. I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it's so well done from that standpoint. Yeah, but um, but the show is titled Ahsoka, and so yeah. we're we're picking up primarily on uh, Ahsoka Tano's story. And uh, if you are still this far into the episode and or or you watched the first two episodes of Ahsoka and you're kind of confused as to who she is. Yeah, what the hell is this? <laughs> Long and short, this was Anakin Skywalker's apprentice introduced in the Clone Wars animated series. And uh, and is arguably one of the greatest Star Wars characters ever written. Of the, of the modern age, certainly. Yeah. Um, certainly uh, this generation's, uh, if not Luke Skywalker, uh, you know, maybe in that tier underneath yeah. but uh but so we find her um uh we well, we're picking up on a thread that they introduced in in uh, Mandalorian season 2 uh i have a big question for you about this too cuz there's there's things uh, going around the interwebs about theories about these first two episodes and the, the time that that takes place and also because do you remember the uh and it's because you obviously watched rebels and for yes. those of you out there that watched rebels i'm sure you all very much like immediately tuned in uh to the end of episode 2 um being almost like a frame by frame recreation of the epilogue of rebels like where sabine is like you know she gets She's like walking down the stairs in the um on the the palace in Lothal, and then she puts you know she taps her little finger on um uh Ezra's face you know the picture of Ezra's face and then turns back around and sees Ahsoka standing there um and then goes off in the spaceship and it's literally like almost frame by frame exactly the same. So the theory and this is interesting because it there 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 are differences. The difference, one of the main difference is the way that Ahsoka is dressed, because in the finale of Rebels, Ahsoka is dressed in this kind of like very, like, Gandalf the White kind of look, you know, where she's got the 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 staff and then she has like she's cloaked in white and, you know, looking very wise. Um, and in this, 
version, the live action version, she is like in a very, you know, her gray, like robes looking more like gray. (laughs) So, um, what people are proposing is that it's not, it's not different. It actually is the same. Like we are seeing the live action version of the epilogue of, uh, rebels. So everything that we've seen so far has taken place before that. So this is the, all these two episodes are the lead up to the epilogue of rebels. And even the scene that we saw in Mandalorian was also before that. Do you subscribe to that? Or do you think that it was just like, Oh, isn't that cute? How similar they are, but this is a completely different time. It's actually after that. Because I think that there there are arguments for both because the 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 idea that you know because obviously Ahsoka and her have been together and she's like been training her you know trained her to try to be a you know a Jedi and like teaching her lightsaber skills and la 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 so I could see that maybe this is the second time that this has happened you know and we're just showing it's just like <laughs> what, what what is what is your thoughts and feelings about that yeah uh, I think my first instinct is this is not a recreation of that scene. That it, that, um, is, that it is different. It, that it is indeed different because... It's, I, I kind of go that way too, only just because like it, it would be weird if they decided to, especially since like their attention to detail has been so intense so far, and the fact that they didn't change, that they would randomly just change her garb to be gray instead of the white that was in Rebels. Like, you know, they, they would have found a reason why she was wearing that, you know? I mean, it, you know what? It is possible... I, I think I, I do buy that this all takes place in the run up to the epilogue of Rebels. Well, well you know though you know though, Because, um... you know, everybody was really like kind of thrown back I when when the epilogue of Rebels happened, I think everybody was all a little like, Whoa, 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 wait, what the ha- that was such a huge time jump. What happened? What happened, you know? Um and I think that, uh, you know, it was always Dave Filoni's intention to tell that story, but we just haven't gotten to it until now. <laughs> so the the Rebels epilogue, uh, I want to say, I'm trying to remember where it comes in on the timeline. The Rebels epilogue. Well, I don't. Yeah, it's it's, it's about five years after. I think they said like four or five years. Yeah, and after I, Rebels I, ends, which is. Uh, they weren't super specific. I don't. I don't remember. At least I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched Rebels, and I really need to go back and watch it again. But and I and I am now for sure going to watch it again, um, because they're pulling so much from it. Uh, but. Um, I don't remember them being super specific, like, you know, like 12 hours or five days later. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't super specific like that, I don't think. Was it? So it'd be like a year after, a year or so after Endor, I believe. Oh, is okay. when the, It's when the, the Rebels epilogue takes place, I Got think. It. Okay. Um, This show, Ahsoka, takes place roughly if we're to believe their timelines, nine years after the Battle of Endor, or uh, Yavin, excuse me. Oh, that that far? Yeah. Got it, okay. I thought it was much earlier than that. Uh, Not much earlier, but just like, you know. 
so it, it does raise an interesting question if if Ahsoka has if we have yet to see the interaction Ahsoka and Sabine have at the end of Rebels. Uh, I you know I, I'm going back and forth in real time because yeah, it, I know, it I think seems I broke to me damage, or brain your damage. It seems to me like they're 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 going to find Ezra now. So yeah. So whatever right. that interaction is, I, I'm just remembering the narration of that that epilogue scene from Rebels of Ezra's out there somewhere and we're going to bring him back. Yes. And it, it, it really leads you to believe that they're, that's where they're going to go. Totally. I wonder like that was that was that was what I what I left off when I when I watched Rebels. I thought the next the next thing that they were going to do was go get Ezra. Like like if they were going to make another season of Rebels, like that's what it was going to be about. It was like we're going to get you know it wasn't about like them like getting together to do like lightsaber training or something like that. It was, you know, so, you know, <laughs> I just could have, but I could have, it could have been mistaken. I just might have just not realized it. Could it. Be a, it could be a recreation. It could be. It could be. And I, I do Because it, it a lot of the shots are similar, as you mentioned. And like, literally, like, like, if you look at them side by side, because obviously the internet has already done this. <laughs> right. They're like, it, it is insane. The lighting even, like, it's, it's uh, almost unmistakable. The only thing, like... Very specific de- changes, though, specifically in Ahsoka's look, which is the only I, I would thing think that's, like, hard to, like... If you if you don't want to argue that... I don't want to argue! If you don't want to argue that things have been changed, I, I think for my, my, my head at this moment, unless they come up with a better explanation... Yeah. This is different than the scene we saw in Rebels, and... Yes. I, I think my opinion is that this happens after the fact, and whatever happened yeah. between... Ahsoka and Sabine happened after that first encounter and before this one. Yeah, and that would be a, a much, you know, a they're they're falling simpler. out where where Ahsoka seemingly takes Sabine under her wing and yeah, and you could see and it doesn't go of, well. You could see the end the end of episode two being more like let's try this one more time, but let's do it the right way kind of thing. Right, because we, because when we when we meet Sabine in this, she's really settled into civilian life it's see it seems like she's been there a while on lethal a while mm-hmm. um a while i don't know i maybe it's not all that important but it was such a striking scene at the end of rebels that yes it, it does it does beg some questions about when exactly this is happening in relation to that totally but um i think we're going to be getting i i in in terms of like time things i think that we're going to be getting more of that kind of like like it's a lot of our heads are going to be tilting i think on in terms of like time i'm not sure if that's the way he's going to structure the show but um uh i i i i know we're kind of jumping around here at least in my brain i mean add is a real thing but i i um uh uh when oh gosh Oh gosh! Oh gosh! What is her name? I wrote it down in my notes because it was really interesting. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, that the fact that like that Morgan Elizabeth or Elsbeth has been like, uh, not retcon, but like the twist, the fact that she's a freaking night sister, like that is like insane. I'm so obsessed with that. Yeah, um, uh, and uh, that's that's a really interesting decision, and. 
with yes. that comes kind of a different a different flavor of evil than we're used to with the, the uh-huh. Sith Lords. There's just a different skill set involved. There's, <laughs> there's uh, necromancy. There's, right. Uh-huh. Some and, really and creepy the, stuff. Yeah, it's creepy, it's creepy force magic. Yeah, and um, I uh, and I'm literally like the whole anytime that there was a Night Sister arc on Clone Wars, like I my ears perked up so hard. It it's such a cool, like still uniquely Star Wars, but very different and so dark and fun. Um, uh, but specifically something that she says. Where did she? What did she say? Oh, 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 oh. She says. Exactly. She says, Thrawn calls to me across time and space. Yes. And she specifically said time first. Because, you know, like, usually we'll say, like, space time or space yep. and time. Yep. You know what I mean? But she says time and space. Like, like giving time, like, a, a sort of, like, you know, a, a level of importance, I guess. And so it sure. kind of makes me feel like... You know, maybe Thrawn was and Ezra both were not just taken to like another galaxy, but like potentially like another time. Maybe, or, or maybe even a time or like a galaxy that's like that doesn't exist in our time frame or something. I don't know. I I, I think I'm, my interpretation of that was uh, be, uh, just just by by looking at the size of the ship they're building. Yeah. To go there. Yes. They're going to have to traverse into another galaxy. And my my interpretation of her saying he calls to me across time is that in another galaxy, time is going to function very differently. Mm -hmm. It's not uh, it's not necessarily, quote unquote, time travel, as you think of it, like going backwards or forwards in time. Sure. Uh, But. the passage of time is is different and maybe uh, yeah that could be I, interesting I, yeah and and what does she even mean by that because thrawn we we know thrawn what is does a, mean, know, bezel he's a, a brilliant tactician and all of these things but we we know he's not a a force user or a, anything right. like that so i i wonder i wonder what she a means writer by, is what he is well yeah i mean not <laughs> voluntarily certainly but <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but the, the, it's all part of that mystery that, uh, there's so much, there's, it's, it's cool to know that cause yeah, even, even now after all these years, there's still so much star Wars that we don't know about. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I think, uh, another wonderful piece of the puzzle of that, of that mystery, uh, comes in the form of Balin Skull and his yeah. apprentice Shin, uh, Haiti. Yes. Played and, by... And- Respectively played by Ray Stevenson and Ivana Sakno, and and Ray Stevenson, of course. Uh, a lot of people it, have been, um, you know, connecting the dots as to the uh, the um, Norse mythology that's going on around uh, their characters, the wolves, the, the 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 dark wolf and the light wolf, right. and. Um, and and Ray Stevenson, of course, everyone uh, you know who follows Star Wars will know he uh, passed away shortly before this yeah this series so debuted, and they dedicated uh, uh, the I episode. I hope he had a to chance him. to at least see some of it because uh, his work is really phenomenal. Yes, uh, but but the two of them 
are a, a really thrilling dynamic. And yeah. you mentioned something at the beginning of the episode about uh, how Ahsoka has already uh, aesthetic and aesthetically and from a, a story standpoint echoed some some previous Star Wars. And what a t- the uh, the first episode opens with such a twisted rendition of what we see at the very beginning of Star Wars: The Phantom Menace Phantom with Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. landing on this 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 ship. And, there was a couple uh, of Phantom Menace references. Yes, in this. there was. Yes, uh, and their dynamic is is really really cool. And what yeah. makes Balin such an interesting foe up to this point is um, he's one of those those villains with a uh, a code, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, uh, and you you see this a couple Not the times. Code. No, but but uh, but some some sort of moral code that if if it sure. doesn't make sense to anyone else, makes sense to him. Sure. And, <laughs> and uh, this comes out really. It was towards the end of the the second episode when uh, uh-huh. he's speaking about Ahsoka. Uh, about Ahsoka with with Morgan Elsbeth and right. says it'd be a shame to kill. Uh, sh- shame to kill her. There's so few Jedi left. Yeah, and, and she's uh, like, oh, you're feeling uh, a sentimentality. And he's like, no, truth. Yeah, I mean, it's just is it's like what it's it just, is. It's sad. I mean, we have to do it, but yeah, it's what a um, what a bummer. What a loss. I I what what? So what do you think they are? Are they just simply like Jedi that lost the lost their way and now have become like you know um uh. Not bounty hunters, but um, uh, mercenaries. Mercenaries, yeah, yeah mercenaries yeah. for hire, and they just don't care if it's I evil think... shit or it's just whoever ha- pays them well, kind of thing. Yeah, I think it. I think it's exactly that, and and and, and they're Malin obviously does... cl- very clearly looking for power because I know that that yeah. he even mentioned that he's just like, like he's like power that you could you never can only dream or of something like yeah that. yeah um, right uh huh. Which interest? Uh, there's a couple of things here. So he explicitly says that Morgan is paying him a hefty sum to be involved in, in this, and uh, lots and lots of sex. Yes. Uh, which so <laughs> which I I think six. I I think and th- this was kind of revealed in one of the trailers. So spoiler if you don't watch trailers, but uh, but uh, he says everybody in the order knew Anakin Skywalker. So Balin oh, right. was a, was a Jedi. Yes. Now Shin, she is very young. She she could not have been alive during that. So probably not. So whatever her story is, he picked her up a- along the way after Order sixty six, and and I don't know, perhaps raised her. We'll find out. Hopefully, we'll find out about their dynamic. But yeah. uh, but I, she's I, very very young. So I don't think she was ever a Jedi. I think she's she's kind of taken on whatever he is. Yeah, um, maybe more recently. Not um, Jedi. Not Sith something something else um, yeah some orphan decided to take her in and was just like i'm gonna teach you to be evil and i fi- i find shin actually to be i i cannot take my eyes off of her she's she's stunning I, you could well I, but i mean from the sense that you ca- you could probably count on one hand the number of times you see her blink maybe <laughs> yeah that's true yes she and definitely there there there's um at least her her stoicness is very much reminiscent of uh of uh Darth Maul's. Oh, absolutely. Vibes. And and they 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 set up they set that up on purpose. She's Yeah. I mean, there's even the scene where she's like um with her a uh, scout droid, you know, her, her scout droids. droid. It's like almost yeah. a frame by frame recreation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I loved uh, how like obvious it was when it happened. I was just like that. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, D- D- Dave Filoni loves himself some prequels, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I love that it's it's getting its recognition. Yeah, same uh, in this series. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to explore uh, that dynamic. And can you go back for a second? Because you yep. you you mentioned something that actually I remember writing down because I was like, I don't know if I we we may have discussed this before and I've just forgotten. How many people post um, Darth Vader dying knew about him being Anakin Skywalker or know know about it currently in this timeline time you know like in the Ahsoka timeline? Thrawn. Thrawn knew. Thrawn knew, and that that was introduced. I believe I believe Thrawn knew. He that was introduced uh, in Timothy Zahn's new trilogy of Thrawn books. Oh, shit. Um, okay. And these are the ones that are canon, it, right? Yes. And Thrawn yeah. met Anakin during the Clone Wars and, and kind of worked with oh, him. Oh, yes. We talked about this. That's yeah. right. And he sort of deduced because he's like, oh, he, th- yes. there's only one person that could do that maneuver. And that's an Anakin yes. Skywalker maneuver yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, but that's an, that's a good question. So Thrawn being one of them, Balin clearly, uh, if the Sounds trailers like are to it? believed, it's like everybody knew Anakin Skywalker and then knew what he became. Yeah. So or, like or, that... or only a few uh, knew what he became. Right. So and and do we do and uh, Ahsoka is aware. The, very much. Yeah. Of yeah. Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they 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 had their moment like. Yes. Uh, the Twilight of the Apprentice and. Right. Exactly. Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She knows. Thrawn knows. Um, I don't Luke remember knows. in Rebels. <laughs> I don't think she explicitly told Ezra. Maybe not. I yeah, don't think I don't, she did. I don't remember that conversation either, to be honest. Uh, I th- she hinted at having had a master who. But she's been she's been like being sentimental she's, about Anakin, like trying. She's not to kept ruin it very his, close to the chest, right? Right. Ruin his image, like. Uh, yeah. Was. So I mean, it might just be those three. Well, and this is interesting too, and I and I hope that they kind of. I assume that they're going to touch on this too, but like. I think what at least the way that Dave Filoni has written her character, it kind of you get the vibe that she's she lives with guilt because she yep. feels like that it was partly her fault for leaving the Jedi Order that led to him being seduced by the dark side. Because yep. if she had been there with him still as her his Padawan, then maybe she might have prevented you know, all of that from happening. Right. So I think that maybe there's a part of her that wants to keep it close to her chest just because like it's, it's a part of her past that she's like, maybe, uh, you know, that reg- she it's, there's regret there. Yep. Um, yeah. So, oh, I mean, so when we, and also it didn't occur to me until literally like <laughs> only like weeks before this came out. Cause you know, we had heard that like Anakin Skywalker was going to make a, you know, uh, um, you know, was going to be on the show yep. um, to some degree. And I, you know, I was thinking, oh, they're gonna show flashbacks, flashbacks. That's the only thing I could see. But I, I, not realizing at this point that he's totally a force ghost at this point. So he could be like literally watching her, this whole time, like. Yeah, uh, it, it's certainly possible. I, I'm not sure they'll go force ghost. Yeah, well, I was curious what you thought. I, I think I, I. I well, I don't know. In my uneducated opinion, I, I you're my, so stupid. You <laughs> my don't my know guess, anything. my guess would be it's still flashback and and the uh, the, I'm kind the of voiceover. 
the voiceover in the trailer at least suggested it was a flashback. Well, well, yeah, the way that they were talking. I, well, he said in this war you'll face more than just droids. I mean, he's clearly talking about the Clone Wars and for sure. Either that, or because like you know they have been talking about the threat of Thrawn and a new war. Yeah. So it's not. It's not. I, I I don't I, I don't I don't think. I think that was firmly in the Clone Wars. I, I'm going to say near 100. You're probably right. I, I mean, like especially a, since a Clone we got Wars from flashback. the like the Obi Wan show too it had the exact same thing. Well, um, he says, "As your master, it's my or as my apprentice, it's my job to teach you." I mean, he's he. I think there. This is a flashback to yeah, her earliest well time with him. T- yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. That that yeah, that checks out. And you know, I don't think. I'm not sure if Force Ghost of Anakin after everything that happened. I don't know. It, it feels almost overexposing yeah. to the end of Return of the Jedi. It's like, well, I don't know. It's interesting because they did the like. I mean, it was. I thought it was beautifully done and like, like very dramatic and um, because uh, like in the Obi Wan show, that was truly. I know that some people were kind of like meh about that show, but I I really did love it, especially specific moments like this, um, in their fight together when he had you know like basically defeated him and like ripped part of his mask yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. He was like going back and forth between Anakin voice and Darth Vader voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um like without like explicitly saying it, he was like kind of not apologizing to Obi-Wan, but like uh because Obi-Wan held a lot of guilt for all this time about Well, yeah, how... he says I'm not your failure, but Yes, and that but was I thought like that a a fairly cathartic moment for him. So I'm wondering if that, like if, if Ahsoka will that get that kind of closure with, uh, with Darth Vader. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, Ooh, shit. Whoops. And it would, it would be the, really the first catharsis that came after the fact, because, yeah. because Anakin in that moment, yes. While there was kind of a relieving Obi-Wan of that guilt, yeah. I don't think he was doing it to make him feel good. He was saying, "I, I agree. I totally agree." With you, you didn't. I'm not your failure. You didn't kill me. I killed myself. Yeah, like he was taking credit for his. I t- own, I'm. I'm, like, I'm taking. I made myself better. I, yeah. I killed the weakness in myself. Right. So you don't right. get to take credit for. It was sort of indirectly right. letting him off the the hook. Yeah. But that, it, uh, yeah, right. And it did emotionally go. Obi Wan's like, oh, he's my friend is truly dead. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, um, it wasn't my fault. Well, I mean, I don't know if he really bought into that a hundred percent. Now but at I least wonder it made it a little bit better. <laughs> I wonder because so kind of back to Ahsoka and where we find her relationship, particularly with Sabine. We find yeah. out. That she's been training, at some point, been training Sabine to be a Jedi. Right. Or taking her under her wing, you know. Uh, As a Padabon. Uh Kanan had kind of started that journey with, with <laughs> Sabine a bit. Um, I miss Kanan. What a guy. But, uh, but I wonder if Ahsoka's... This will be certainly be something we explore. I wonder if Ahsoka's experience with Anakin and then leaving the Order and then trying... To to, I don't know, rekindle her training, and and pass it on to Sabine. I wonder if there's residual guilt or fear there that led to her maybe being a less than adequate master to to Sabine and yeah, you know trauma and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that, that having that that um yeah because they're not in a great place i mean right. they, they've by, by the end of episode two we're in a we're in a much better spot but they're they're really in a tenuous situation totally i mean uh, um yeah like she hasn't had that yoda and luke moment um like he not not the first time i'm talking about in the last jedi yep. you know when he's trying to teach ray you know right. and feels like he's failed again and you know and then he you know yoda teaches him this like kind of the final lesson about failure and everything so um well and sabine gets a, a couple quick lessons uh in the in these first two episodes where you know when when she steals the the star map from Ahsoka, which is strike one, and then you strike dummy. two is knowing we all knew that wasn't going to go right. Knowing the the baddies were going to come for her, and then we, I think it was pretty apparent Shin was going to kick her ass. Yes, and, yes, yes. And uh, which was which also we were talking about fight choreography. What I I really enjoyed uh, uh, the choreography in in their duel yeah. and and. Uh, Shin almost sizing her up a little totally. bit and and kind of playing with her food and then and and allowing Sabine to make all the mistakes because like you right. can tell like the aggression um, and the the desperation uh-huh. like and her making those like um very vulnerable moves that she was making you know, oh yeah over just wild head, wi- like, right wildly shot. slicing and, and like you're leaving yourself open for attack you yeah. dummy and I feel so bad for poor Qui Gon Jin, you know. Yes. Guy, just keep, you know. Look, he got... science has come a long way. <laughs> I feel like it was like after that day. They're like, no more. Once I know, anybody... start starting with Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like that's it. From this day forward, we shall now make stomach things be a thing of the past. So I, I know. I... Three minutes later, Maul is falling down a a, a shaft. Missing his lower half, and yes. he uh, he survives. But I know. Uh, oh yeah, my poor gosh. Qui-Gon. Big spoiler alert, by the way, if you're going to watch. I mean, the, uh, at this point, yeah. yes. Watch but. those cartoons, yes. damn it. They're so, so freaking good. I, I, I really did enjoy, though, the, the tension that's kind of built up in those scenes without having the context for why things went wrong. And I think yep. we're going to fill in those blanks as we go along. But Yeah, uh, I think you're right. You're right. But... Uh, I enjoyed that, but then uh, this is kind of how they introduce Hera into the situation, mm-hmm. um, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Who's who is the so wife far. of Ewan McGregor. Oh, is that right? Did you not know that? Wait a minute, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's married to Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so, That's uh, fucking awesome! I love that. What a cool household that is. Um, yeah! Wow! Wow! And uh, she 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 kills it as Hera. I think yeah, honestly. She's perfect. Uh, everybody, I, I think there was a popular opinion that Rosario Dawson, of course, amazing. Uh, I think what I gathered just from perusing the interweb was that uh, Natasha Luberdizzo kind of stole the show for everybody, and I oh, okay, I yeah. won't dispute that. Yeah, she did I a think, great job. I think my MVP is is Hera. She's great. I I, I felt like, and we haven't really uh, even gotten to see like the thick of her character yet even i bet like, no it's... but there's she she and and that's why i think it's so exciting to me is because she's balancing her her role as uh, a general and almost kind of like uh, a mom in a sense yeah what and that there's that motherly undertone that's always i mean since episode one has been 
yes. of Rebels has been uh, apparent. And mm-hmm. she does such a great apparent. job. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. She does such a great parent. job uh, taking the baton from Vanessa Marshall and yeah. and also injecting her own spirit because time time has passed and you know all yeah. of these people are older and you would hope wiser and moving um, a little slower <laughs> yeah well and Hera has a kid who we have yet to see oh right uh, yes. this is a spoiler but at the end of Rebels uh, it's revealed that she and Kanan had a child uh, together I wish we had a child and who knows so I'm sure child... we'll see Jason at some point yeah maybe they're force sensitive <laughs> maybe um but but Hera is such a wonderful addition, and and what I like about these three in particular uh, is that we're kind of in a time period of Star Wars storytelling. That yes, we will at some point probably have to see Luke, Han, and Leia. Mm-hmm. But but these these characters from this generation feel uh, sustainable, and 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 I, I mean in terms of being able to build new stories around and having plenty of runway in which to do it with. Because, mm. you know, what the obvious challenge is, we've talked about it ad nauseum, of basing new stories around Luke, Lair, or Han. It's just you're either recasting the roles or you're going to de-aging or... It's complicated. It's complicated, and there's no, there's no silver bullet in terms of coming up with the perfect... And I think their best and, bet is to really make these characters the the new thing, the new yeah, the new core of yeah. the storytelling. And I and I hope they do because I I, do I, too. I love all of them. I really Same. do. I, I I'm I'm very thoroughly in love with these characters. And I um uh yeah, as far as like having cameos from the other guys, you know, the the older characters, it's um. At this point, because it's so difficult, like you were saying, and so challenging to do, like it's got to be so worth it. Yeah, and and there will be times for it, and no I, and I'm uh, especially as well. Honestly, like Luke is super important, but I think Leia of the three is the mm-hmm. most important because of the role she takes on in the New Republic. And right, uh, so yeah, there's the how how they they broach that, which they will undoubtedly have to. That's for another time. But as far as people to base your 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 core stories around i think they've got a really great lineup here and and we haven't even seen ezra yet so i'm sure yeah right I'm sure he'll be well i mean we've uh, seen him but not like right in, in hologram flesh. form he's played by being played by Amanis fondi yeah it's uh, a great casting uh so i'm sure we'll you know once once we are reintroduced to him um yeah that they've, they've got a great core to go forward with here i um, think so too uh who else oh uh, david tennant is back as uh hu yang the uh yes, the, the jedi so training droid droid um yes he was delightful and i think he's such an actually kind of playing the c-3po role here of yeah. kind of a really both the C-3PO and R2-D2 role of being almost your narrator for the story mm-hmm. um, in the background. He has all of this knowledge from hundreds of years of, 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 of time with young Jedi Padawans. And I, I loved the bit of when they were, uh, he when remembers he was anal- every single like lightsaber hilt. Ever right. Made, well, that's what thing. I was getting to. I loved the, the scene where uh, he was identifying uh, Balin and Shin's lights are attempting to identify their lightsabers, and and he was referring to the make of of Balin's. He's like, I haven't seen one like this in a very very long time, based on yes. its design and, and 
And also, um, I think uh, I in that same well, no, not the same scene. I think you know it was towards towards the end when he was talking to uh, to Sabine um, about her lightsaber, um, yeah. you know, and saying, "Oh, that's Ezra lightsaber." It's like, no, it's yours. Like you've like you it, like it was his, and now you've made changes to it, and now it's yours. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that that's kind of a beautiful thing, you know, um, and it also kind of uh, um, makes people <laughs> it's maybe speaking to the people that felt weird about, you know, like Ray taking on um, a lightsaber that wasn't hers and making it her own because it, it's, you know, it's just the way that things go. I, I, I um, she made it her own. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. Right. It's. It's it's what it's not where it came from. It's what you do with it, and yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that, that's a great point. Um, uh, oh well, I, I guess this is kind of an odd segue, but it it, it ha- does have to do with lightsabers. Yes, my I think my favorite, uh, one of my favorite moments from the first two episodes was was so when when. Uh, Ahsoka and Hera go to Corellia mm-hmm. to uh, to kind of dig up some information, you know, they, um, uh, and and they're 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 shown around this old uh, Imperial shipyard which has been repurposed to build hyperdrives for New Republic ships, and that's where we got into the discussion about uh, we'll call it you know. Star Wars denazification. Yeah, right, right. Which know, is clearly not going repro- very well. No, it's not. It's going very poorly, in fact. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's on Corellia, and what what's simultaneously happening was the was the chase I was referring to, where Hera uh, jumps in the Phantom with our our good buddy Chopper. We have and, not even talked about Chopper yet. But I'm uh, so, so freaking happy that he you is. had this unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable sequence of her chasing the ship into the atmosphere and simultaneously with Ahsoka Ahsoka facing off against what is seemingly the final inquisitor yeah uh uh a a a mercenary inquisitor who goes who by the, the name of Maroc is this um we, and we they have, have a they have a kick-ass lightsaber duel and I think my my favorite moment was uh when uh, he's being rescued by by Shin and uh, oh yes yes I and he exactly jumps on board he throws his lightsaber and then you know runs for the ship and jumps on board and then uh the 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 lightsaber comes boomeranging back and Ahsoka just slightly moves her shoulder and it like, comes flying so past subtle. her and it's like oh god this is this is <laughs> this is star wars porn at this point yeah like, it's I'll, just... I'll never recover from that for no sure. it's like that's just the coolest thing i've ever seen super um, super hot yeah and i uh so much mystery with that character like who the hell yeah um now i don't want to like um because it's very very possible it could just be some random inquisitor in you know it doesn't have to really have a background or be a legacy. It's not Ezra. Like that. Yeah. It's not Ezra. Everyone. It's definitely not Ezra. Just I know that that's it. out there too. But stop. I, that no, no. Um, but as to like, if it could be a legacy character or even like you know, a semi-legacy character, like wh- wh- who other? 
Look, it's it's an interesting discussion. I just don't even want to go there. I don't. Think, I know. Because, I know. Because just let it, it we get burned ninety eight percent of You're the time. You're forty thousand percent correct, and uh, it's just gonna be, it's just gonna be what it's gonna be, and it's gonna be fun when if if the look, mask ever comes off, and if it doesn't, it's that's also fine. Look, my feeling is it's just an inquisitor, and the point of, the point of having one, you kind of look at this ragtag group. Uh, Morgan Elsbeth has kind of put together. Yeah. So she has a former Jedi, his yeah, do you apprentice. Think that the, the, the two, do you think that the three of them are, like, because Morgan Elsbeth kind of, she's doing her own thing. Well, so 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 we've got Morgan Elsbeth. She's a night sister, we right. discover. We've got Balin, former Jedi, and his apprentice, Shin. We've right. got Maroc over here, who is... A, an inquisitor right. who is also th- seemingly a mercenary now. Well, yeah, I was going to say, do you, th- I, that, that was my, my question was whether or not you thought that Maroc and, um, was like, they're like part of a ragtag band with the, like the three of them. And well, like- I think, I think Morgan's bringing together all of these disparate parts yeah, with okay. the promise of like in, in, a, in a new galaxy, you know, a new order under Thrawn, you know, you all will be Maybe. able to, do what you want to do, like, like. Yeah, we're you, gonna make you like. You're not in the shadows anymore. Thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's something about bringing together, and you're gonna see it on a much larger scale pretty soon. And they started to introduce this a bit in Mandalorian season three when we see all those Imperial warlords talking uh, about Thrawn, talking about Thrawn, and you got you got Pallian and all of these guys. Mm-hmm. You're gonna bring together all of these factions under. You know, it's going to be Thrawn's job to try and unite all these factions. So I think it's just her pulling from different little sects that have been quiet since the the fall of the Empire, and it's been keeping tabs. I don't. I don't think he. I. I. Honestly, I. I really don't think he's a legacy character of of any he known could just be significance. Some. Yeah, like Inquisitor number four, and that's it. I mean, I and and don't get me wrong. I've thought, you know, I thought about it. and I've read all the things, I'm, as I'm sure you have read everything there is to read about who it yeah. could potentially who be, and hell? people coming up with some pretty outlandish. I mean, it is interesting that they um, that they used a um, another Norse like mythology. Well, I mean, uh, am I right? Wait, Maroc was um, it was an, it's another character from. Oh God! But it it fits like with the Shin and um, like the names are all very much in that same mythology. So there's there's it's obviously very purposeful. Um, to what, and I do not know yet. Um, I also heard some people freaking out because they saw Sam Witwer, um, you know, our good old um voiceover actor yeah extraordinaire sam whitner his voice um being in the credits as additional voices yep um and everyone was like uh is is Maroc gonna be sam whitmer's favorite you know, famous character that he motion captured for the game uh force unleashed uh, yes star killer star no. killer yes no yeah. This also is not no. Darth Vader's secret apprentice. It's just not. <laughs> but what if he was though? Wouldn't that be neat? But yeah, I definitely don't want to get into the into the realm of uh because it, it, the second you start like making these big fabulous like 
then you're just you're setting yourself up for for disappointment. And I I'm I will not be disappointed by the show. Damn it! I'm going to enjoy I mean, and, every minute of it. And it's a super interesting coincidence. Like it's it almost feels like we're being trolled a little bit. But the the reality is, Sam Witwer has provided lots of additional voices. So for many Star Wars movies and television series beyond his actual character work yeah and so, dave filoni loves him obviously yeah well and he's and super like, tally super versatile i mean yeah. he, he could do anything and and it's been fun but, you could tell i mean like it, it feels like once you're in the family you're like in the family because the, right. there's a lot of uh voices from the uh voices from the series that are making um voices from the cartoons that are making um their live action debuts as like just different characters um uh one of which that I didn't even know he was in the cartoons until recently. I just saw him. I just remember him for like this really funny TikTok that he did about being a pigeon, like wanting bread. I don't know yeah. if you've you, have you seen that one. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. But yeah, he's randomly in. He's he was randomly in Ahsoka. And I was like, oh my god, good for that guy. And I was like, oh oh, he's he's like actually a voice from the cartoon. Wow, I did not realize that. So. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I just I wouldn't read terribly far into to his involvement. But yeah, look, but but maybe you know, uh, I, I think if um, I think if he was voicing Morocco, even though we haven't heard really beyond some some uhs, we haven't really heard anything. So yeah. I think if he was, they would maybe they would have credited him. But <sighs> maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, and maybe. But mystery. Know. I enjoy the mystery aspect Me of it. Me too. And uh, love a mystery. Uh, uh, some other cool little tidbits. Uh, oh, what's his face? Um, good old what's his face? Uh, uh Clancy Brown, who oh. is f- a world famous voice actor and heavily involved with Star Wars. He he, uh, and many other properties. You've heard him as Lex Luthor. You've heard him as all sorts of people. But, uh, he returns. Uh, for the first time in live action form as Governor Ryder Azadi yeah, on so uh, great. Lothal. So wonderful to see that. Um, yeah, they're, they're treating their voice actors well. Yeah. Some I of mean, them, anyway. What, yeah, right. <laughs> do you think that we'll, do you think that we'll get any cameos from like some of the heavy hitters? Like, I mean, look, if, if they, if they let Ashley Eckstein oh my be involved God. in some way, I, I wonder if it's almost too much to the point where I, people are like, I don't well, know. I th- she deserves one certainly, she but certainly does. She certainly does. I even I do wonder, like, yeah, because there was a, um, uh, oh god, um, for Mary Poppins too. I know it's a very random, yes, um, pull, but uh, um, they very much offered Julie Andrews, um, like a cameo. She's like, we want you to be a cameo in the movie. She was supposed to be the um the old lady character at the end which ended up being um um inevitably what's her name oh god i'm going oh oh um she she was mame she was mame on broadway and she uh, she was the witch in oh god my brain so i mean Someone what? is screaming as they're I, listening to this. Somebody literally is screaming everybody is this. screaming at us right now. Bed knobs and broomsticks. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I just. 
<laughs> I'm in Hold Star up. Wars Angela mode right frickin now. Angela oh, Lansbury. Thank Damn you. It. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Mrs. Yes. Frickin' Potts. Um, so yeah, yes, it ended up course. being her instead, which was very beautiful. And yeah, yeah. She's a she's a legacy Disney person. Um, but like it would have been like so epic to see Julie Andrews like as that character as like practically perfect in every way, you know, like but Julie Andrews turned it down because she uh she she recognized that. She was just like like I she's like it would be I she's like I, I don't I can't do that to this new this new to Emily light. Blunt. Yeah. It, yeah, Emily Blunt. She's like, I don't want to take any of the limelight away from her because she deserves every now, bit of what I'll be curious if if by the end of the this season we we find out that additional voices were provided by Ashley Eckstein and yeah, that would Vanessa cool. Marshall and Bradley D. Baker. That would D. Be Bradley neat. Baker, excuse me. Um Yeah. But I, D- Dave Filoni's a, seemingly a very loyal uh creative as you mentioned so yes. i'm sure i'm sure there will be little easter There's eggs along the way something brewing um yes and also um for those people that don't know um dave filoni likes to put himself in things as well and uh he is the voice of um our favorite droid uh chopper, chopper. yes yeah and um, chopper which... is, is as much a sociopath war criminal <laughs> as i remembered I she's like no chopper we can't shoot it down because there's a city down there he's like what is that bad like you literally no chopper I didn't go through your stuff Uh, (laughs) did he go through my stuff I like that like I think out of all the droids we've met like he uh, except for the ones that actually speak English like he's um, the easiest you can oh my god Maggie is freaking out Maggie come here Maggie come here oh Maggie She's just like, like desperate barking right now. There's obviously maybe somebody made a delivery. <laughs> um, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Was that what was I talking about? Uh oh. I've lost. You, my... No, you were talking about Chopper being the most easily. Oh, yeah. Fucking Chopper. Um, I, I think, yeah, out of the, the droids that like don't speak English, um, he like is the one that you can actually still kind of understand. Yeah. Like, even though it's like, yeah. wah, oh, wah, yes. wah, 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 like, it's very clearly, um, he's saying words. <laughs> yes. It's not just boops and beeps. Um, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, one, one topic we haven't touched on and actually the one that I think I've wanted to talk about the most, honestly, oh, you've been saving it for now. Uh, the music for the show was done by <gasps> Kevin Kiner. Oh my God! Who uh, who did the the music for Clone Wars and yes, Rebels? And Rebels. Uh, Kevin Kiner, and I say this with all due respect to Michael Giacchino, and uh, to everybody who has uh, contributed music to the Star Wars shows. And yeah, Kevin Kiner is is John Williams' heir apparent. Yeah, he's doing really good. And the music in this series, just in the first two episodes, and then the theme music, which you heard at the beginning of this episode. Uh, which is also very unique, too. It's very unique, but uh, I, I, I don't. I, I wish I could be more specific in my analysis, but it, it's it's just, it's it's Star Wars. It's, well, yeah, no, because there's, there's, he is, he's very, very carefully, um, like we haven't even really heard like 
any of the actual themes. Like we haven't heard like the no. forest theme or we haven't heard the. But the, he's made Ahsoka's that. theme into one of those. You yeah. know what I mean? If, if you know it, you can't unhear it. And, yeah. and granted for somebody in a general audience who maybe didn't watch the animated stuff, they won't know. But the moment it's played uh, at the beginning of uh, episode, kind of after the cold opening of episode one, mm-hmm. it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It does have like a very, yeah, like a very clear. Um, but he, he, he was such a great steward of the original themes, particularly in Rebels. I remember when Ezra yes. was effing around with the lightsaber for the first time mm-hmm. when he was on the ghost. And you hear that 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 little lick from the the force theme. Yeah, the, the sprinkle the harp. sound. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I I was watching that episode recently. I got I got full body goosebumps. Immediately goosebumps. It's like ah, because the just like yeah, the music. This is, is so somebody who understands powerful, but understands narratively what John Williams does so well. And yeah. please, please, please let this man. Keep doing what he's doing. Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think that he, um, uh, arguably in this show, at least so far, um, well, I was going to say, like, in the cartoons, he, he kind of, like, I mean, he did get to create a lot of his own themes, but I think more so he was leaning into um, John Williams' work yeah. and, and yeah. sort of, like, enhancing John Williams' work um, and making it work for those shows. Um, but in this, he's really kind of like, they've, they've like taken the reins off of him and like, let him like just create his own thing. And, and he's really, really shining so far. Well, yeah. and musically, uh, he, he is the perfect creative companion to Dave Filoni really as John Williams mm-hmm. was to George Lucas, uh, for sure. because George Lucas's influences, uh, for Star Wars were very swashbuckling operatic films and John Williams was incredibly gifted at big orchestral swashbuckling scores. Yeah. And, and if we believe Dave Filoni is the heir apparent to George Lucas, uh, it's not hard to see Kevin Kiner in the same role because you look at what Dave Filoni, I think leans more into uh, the Japanese aspects, the, the, the samurai aspects that first influenced star Wars in his stuff. So especially in Ahsoka, I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. The, 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 the samurai motif and just Japanese filmmaking in general. And I felt like the, uh, the, the theme that plays over the end credits, his, you know, more, uh, full bodied theme. Mm -hmm. it, It sounds very much, it, be it with the percussion, it sounds very much like a a, a samurai film. Um, yeah, totally. A score very vibes. similar. Dun 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 dun. Mm-hmm. And it actually, also like it, it's interesting because it, it could go both ways potentially, which is weird, but kind of almost Norse. Yeah, too. also that, also that, very yeah, much that, so. Sort of that vibe where, yeah. Um, it is so cool. It, it, yeah, it, it's neat. And you know what? I did feel that way about. I, I thought Ludwig uh, Granson did a really great job with Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Yeah, excellent. Creating work. A sounds that were very, very different. But minus, honestly, and I think it really, and then maybe this is arguable for some people, but the only thing that made me laugh out loud was the Boba Fett. Yeah, I, yes. was like, I was like, don't say don't Boba do Fett. Don't do. 
That was like, you might as well just add Star Wars, you know. Nothing but Star Wars. (laughs) That was a little much. (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah, I I, I can't gush enough about uh, Kevin Kiner. And I can't wait for the music of episode three. Like, I just can't wait to see what. Just wait. Just wait until Anakin makes his fucking. Oh, my God. The music is going to be beautiful. Well, I was going to say, I can't wait for for the moments that will inevitably come. Even if it's not in this series, I imagine Kevin Kiner is probably going to be doing other heir to the empire. You know, like I think Filoni's taking him along for the ride. Yeah. But uh, I can't wait for when the time comes to use some of the, the traditional themes the and stuff. it just comes out of nowhere and just, <gasps> mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's going to be real good. It's going to be real um, good. Um, what did good you think? Lord. Uh yeah, good lord. Good lord. Uh I was just looking through this. I um Oh, actually this is an interesting thing that I kind of thought about and maybe I'm reading too deep, but I know that we're that, you know, Dave Filoni is kind of at least without even saying it, has sort of taken up the mantle of like because, you know, he fixed the prequels. He's like, Okay, let me at the at the post trilogy and I and Yeah, the sequels. <laughs> Yeah, the sequel trilogy, because um, it feels like where he's he's you know slowly but surely threading the needle to make us be like you know what the sequel trilogy wasn't as bad as I thought. Um, I'm wondering if this show is going to be doing. I mean, it's you know it's done some of that already, like what we talked about with the uh, showing that the Empire could easily come back because of yep. the the weakness of the all the the weeks, yeah, the yep. weekends and loose ends. Um, but uh, specifically with the inclusion of a night sister um, in the mix, um, and like their very unique um, way of using the force um, in terms of like you know raising the dead and things like that, and um, you know ancient rituals that we don't even and that's the the really cool thing about the night sisters is that their their magic like predates I, I, correct you know nerds out there can correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it like predates the the jedi like their their magic is like ancient um and the idea that she's working basically for the empire so i'm wondering if somehow they're threading the needle that the night sisters magic might help in somehow bringing palpatine back somehow palpatine returned i think because i know that like he already has like i think that before he even died he already like had that sort of like you know, resurrection. He magic, did, and ready and to go. Re- really, you had to have read the novelization to Rise of Skywalker, which yes, which seems to suggest that uh, he transferred his essence to to Exegol before. So, but he, but in these thirty years, yeah. it's kind of revealed he's been going through these these clone bodies that seemingly they can't hold up. He's looking for a, a host that can actually. Hold, hold him because they deteriorate the dark side deteriorates these bodies faster than they can he's just keep up with so evil um but yeah you wonder if like uh, um, yeah maybe uh, somehow like the night sisters magic is like the key to like 
helping unlock and maybe that's where he learned it from or something i don't know i i think i I think more likely thrawn will have let's say you know in in my new empire there's going to be room for for it just gives these people a home It, it gives all these people a home but you know that the night sisters were wiped out by right the Jedi and the Sith and uh, yeah, specifically um, what's his butt? Good old Grievous. Grievous, yeah, yeah, Grievous and Dooku and Dooku. Uh, it's possible. I I think I think I think the threads they they began to weave in Mandalorian are the more direct path to mm. Palpatine's return. The more scientific aspect, because that's the aesthetic they really played up in Rise of Skywalker. I gather that too. There, there wasn't there is... so much a magical component as as much as like a, a really disgusting Frankenstein's monster <laughs> right. component. The only the only real magic, not the only real magic, but like the the magical portion of it was the the transferring of his essence part, yes. which feels a which, little which like... which seemed to be like a Sith, you know, something he Sith he had magic. an old Sith trick. Sith trick, the Sith trick in the book. I am curious what her, what her role will be, and really, like, what what is the importance of of a night sister specifically? Like her, well, it gives capabilities. Like, well, look, she's been working for Thrawn for a while. Yeah, Um, yeah. She ran all of his industry. Um, You know, she says this in Mandalorian. She, you know, she she was running. She's a survivor. But. I, I think it's actually fairly obvious why he'd have use for a night sister. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, she's my answer to to any force users I encounter. And he's encountered quite a few going all the way back to the Clone Wars. And, sure. And then, I mean, worked side by side with Darth Vader. And he's like, this is my, you know, having having these people on my team is, they, they provide the element that my, you know, my brain has a limit. These people right. can do things I, you know, I physically cannot do. So yeah. I think it might be as simple as that. But uh, it is interesting, um, like going back to her fight with Ahsoka in the Mandalorian episode. Yep. Um, how she showed zero magic in that altercation. And I wonder if at that point. They weren't sure if she was a night sister. I definitely yeah. that that definitely went through my head I, too. I, I think I I don't think been he'd a made her a night sister yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's very plausible too. But they have enough room to to say maybe she didn't want to out herself as one. Yeah. Okay. That's where I was going with. I was like trying to figure out if you had sort of put two and two together there as and well. And also, so I, I wonder. I wonder if I think it's very easily to explain it away. Even if it's retconned, I think it's easy to explain away that uh, she didn't want to. Uh, Reveal it because I think she knew she couldn't beat Ahsoka one on one, no matter what. Yeah, even with her magic, potentially. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I think you it's might like be be- right. better to not reveal that about myself. But yeah, because uh, at this point, Ahsoka does know or doesn't know that she is. I don't. I'm not sure she knows she's a witch. Yeah, I guess me too. I don't think I don't. Right, because I don't think that she like reveals like you know she doesn't use any force magic on her have they has, they haven't even seen each other yet have they well no i mean ah- ahsoka captured her i mean oh no i know that but um 
No, no, they have not uh, been face-to-face in this series yet. In no. this series, yeah, no, right. No. And so far, all, the only time we've ever seen them together, there was zero magic used. Correct. Yeah, from her. Yeah, so I, I may, yeah, maybe she, she doesn't know she's a witch. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um, that'll be a spooky reveal. Yeah, ooh, she's spooky green magic. Um, what was the other thing that I wrote down? Um, oh, I was curious if you caught this. I didn't um, – I, I, I remember hearing a sound and thinking, like, what the hell is that sound? And I thought maybe it was even a part of the music. But it wasn't until um, – it wasn't until later that I uh, – um, people had showed the clip of it um, online. Oh, I, the, like, oh, oh I know what you're talking God. about. Yeah. yeah, the fucking purgles. The purgles. Uh, I, I, I was probably sitting – too far away from my television to have yeah, noticed yeah. them in the clouds like that. But. Yeah, maybe that was a little too bright outside. I was seeing too much glare, but because yeah. it, it's super subtle. But um, I think that we're kind of seeing um, the reason why um, this this temple, for lack of a better term, was built on that. Um, what was that place called? See, see something. Oh, um. Cecil, Cecil. <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> what was that place hold, called? Hold, hold, continue your point. I'll come up with the name of it. I don't Good remember. Good old C place. Oh, Cetos. Cetos. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, the fact that it was on this particular planet, like, um, because it might be sort of a, uh, a migration point for the for, pergol or the purgle, something. Yes. Yeah. Um, like and, and, uh, and the, the path of the Peridian or whatever they're calling it is sort of like the path that they right. take. And and I'll fill I'll fill again more general audiences in on that. The, the, the pergol are 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 basically whales. I mean they're, <laughs> they're they, space they whales. But they have. I mean, this is this is, ventures into very weird Star, Star Wars territory, which I actually think I is know. really cool. They have it's natural, cool. they have natural like so... hyperspace properties, so they can travel, travel through, travel at light speed yes. uh, naturally. Because we're all, you know, at home. Um, most people don't even give a crap about like how light travel was created or why it exists. We're just like, yeah, they can they can travel the speed of light, sure. That's fine. Um, but this this poses the question of like, oh, maybe this is how they figured it out. Maybe like the technology derived right. from these creatures originally, you know, and somehow they were able to harness their, you know, natural instincts to, you know, do that. So, um, yeah, it's for us nerds out there that like to pick apart every <laughs> detail. Excuse Bless me. you. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, it, it, it is a really... It well, it ties into all the mythological stuff that I think uh, Davis really wants to to make more prominent, and uh, you know, so there's something super fascinating about the idea of ancient Star Wars because we've barely touched on it, yeah. and it seems like in the next few years we're really going to be doing that with mm-hmm. a with a with a, a pre you know a uh, you know a Jedi of of you know an ancient Jedi film. That seems to be in the works. And, oh right, yes. Uh, in the next few years, and so I think, which is supposed I, yeah. to be even like pre pre High Republic, right? Oh yeah, like like two thousand years. Yeah, like like go going back to the origins of of 
the Jedi and their understanding of the I'm Force. I'm so excited for that. But but it, it ties into this idea of the Purgle, you know, yeah, being the technological basis for how light speed travel came about, and and then more importantly, uh, at least in terms of Ahsoka, you know, the I think the calculation is, you know, maybe the Purgle have several different stops along their migration path, and and if we follow that migration path, we will find Thrawn there. Yes, and, and Ezra. And Ezra. God willing. Oh my God, this show is so good. Yeah, it's it's fun. I'm so I'm I am so pleased, and I cannot wait for uh, for Tuesday. It is a great intro. Um, yeah, pretty thrilled. Uh, uh, it's hard to know where they're going at this point. Um, or yeah, who what's going to be on the other side of the uh the the path of the Peridian? Um, which is is a new thing, by the way. Like. Yeah. I know they've been saying he kind of said like, oh, yeah, that's just a legend that that used to tell us as kids in the Jedi Temple. You know what I mean? But like n- nobody out there in Star Wars, as far as I understand, knows has ever heard of that. So it's yep. like, yeah, that's like a not it's not even a deep cut. It's a, it is a brand new cut. No, but, this is a fresh wound. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very, very cool, though. All very right. Cool. Well, I. Is that yay it? Ahso- yeah. I mean, yay, Ahsoka. Yay, Ahsoka. Oh my god, I'm so happy. Thank yep. God. Thank God. Thank the maker. <sighs> Thank the maker. But uh yeah, we we will see you for uh for episode three of Ahsoka, which will be yeah. uh uh coming out Tuesday night. Tuesday. Um, um yeah, sorry for this um coming out with this episode a little late. We were having some technical difficulties, but hopefully we'll Zoom get the next man. one out yep. much quicker than right. this one. Um, and also, please let us know what you thought about, yes. I mean, the show. I would love to nerd out with you guys um, because, yeah, we want to hear what you think. So please. leave your comments in the comments and make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> All right. Well, then, I'm uh, Dino Nicandros. And I'm Daniel Dawson. And this has been Inside the Tauntaun, a podcast in the multiverse of fandom. May the Force be with you always. So Inside the Tauntaun Podcast Please like and subscribe